Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the 2020 first edition of Talking in Circles. Welcome. Happy New Year, everybody. We are setting our eyes towards 2020 and the 2020 season. Guys, a week, or excuse me, a month from today, uh, my hypothesis is usually, and I'm usually right on this every year, is the Wednesday before qualifying is when the trucks get loaded up and head down to Daytona for Speed Weeks. And that is exactly what should happen here a month from today. Uh, we'll be 31 days now until the trucks get loaded up and get set and ready to go for Speed Weeks 2020. So um, exciting times as we get closer and closer here in the NASCAR world to the start of kickoff of our season. But some surprising news came down this week. This is where we want to start today's show. Um, this week's show is the new crew chief changes over there at Team Penske. Now, Team Penske, um, with drivers Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, and Ryan Blaney for the 2020 season, they will also have a strong alliance with the Wood Brothers Racing number 21 Ford and driver Matt DiBenedetto. Um, but interesting little news came out this week, as I mentioned earlier, with Team Penske. As far as the crew chief shakeup this week, they, they announced they're going to make a crew chief shakeup. Um, Jeremy Bolins, who was the crew chief of Ryan Blaney, will go to the number two car with Brad Kislowski. Uh Paul Wolf, who was the crew chief on the number two board for Brad Kislowski, will go to the number 22 We'll go to um, uh, the number 22 Ford with Joe Logano, correct, and crew chief Todd Gordon will transition to number 12 with Ryan Blaney uh, after crew chief Jeremy Bowens moved to the two team. So if you got followed all that, I know I stuttered there a little bit. So Logano is going to have Paul Wolf, Ryan Blaney is going to have Todd Gordon, and Jeremy Bowens will go to Brad Keselowski. Um, all changes effective immediately. Also, their respective crew chiefs, while the spotters have all well, stayed the same, the teams and the crew chiefs move as well. So really, um, the teams will follow their crew chiefs. So the 22 team from last year will now be the 12 team. Uh, the two team, the 12 team from last year will now be the two team, and uh, the two team from last year will now be the 22 team. So a little shake up there. Uh, Philip, you're uh, a fan of Team Penske there. Uh, one of your guys is, is one of these drivers here. Um, are you surprised by this? I know we, we mentioned it. Uh, I, I think I even brought it up on Talking Circles yeah. a couple of months ago about maybe if we saw Kozlowski and um, Paul Wolf struggle again that we might see them make a change. But this was kind of surprising to me, especially the timing of it. Now, I know maybe that because they announced it on January 6th doesn't necessarily mean – that the change happened on January 6th, but it certainly seemed like it happened later than you would expect it to for an, organ- an organization such as Team Penske, such a top-notch organization. What were your thoughts when you read this uh, earlier in the week? I mean, initially it was shock and then, you know, just surprise, and then I thought about us talking about it on the show back when uh, the two car got eliminated out of the playoffs and it being yet another early exit for them. And I didn't think it was possible, considering the 
the connection Paul Wolf and Brad have had since 2010 working together in the Xfinity series. And but I see what's going on. I see what Penske's doing because you look at how many changes have occurred. You know, three of the four Stuart Haas cars has changes. One just by force because of the 41. But the other two cars, two cars that were in the playoff, they made changes of 10 and the 14. Now you're adding three more here. That's five. And then you add Martin Truex. Six of the 16 cars that made the playoffs last year have new crew chiefs. You know, and then you add other drivers and other teams. The RCR teams, you talk about RPM, and et cetera, et cetera. You, you know, like the 95 car. Uh, so there's been a lot of crew chief changes. In terms of what I see it, I think in the end they knew that they needed to make a move with the 12 because they were stagnant and they were not at the same level. Ryan Blaney needs to take a step forward and by moving Todd Gordon there for his good, bad, and different, Todd Gordon has a championship in this season. Um, and he built a great relationship with Joey Logano, and he was actually doing all right with A.J. Allmendinger prior to that. Uh, I think he will bring a calming influence. He'll bring a different mentality. I think Bowens wants to prove he belongs in the Cup Series, and Brad hasn't won a championship since 2012. He wants that second championship. He wants those two other majors that are missing from his resume. He wants a Daytona 500, and he wants a Coca-Cola 600. And now he's a father of two. Time is getting is running out, in a sense. He wants to make something happen. And I think this kind of brings a fire all around for that two team. Joey Logano and Paul Wolf, in yeah. terms of all of those changes, I think is the one that is got – I don't think there's really going to be a big drop-off. I think there might be a bigger step, which when you consider that Joey Logano just two years ago was the champion of this series, and he's young, and you have Paul Wolf, former racing driver, driver himself, really solid crew chief. I feel like that group is going to take off quickly, and that has the potential to be very, very good for a long time. So in the end, it's Roger Penske and that whole group, Tim Sendrick, looking forward and thinking about probably the eventuality of, you know, Austin Sendrick eventually being in that team. So they're trying to make some move some pieces around, and they're trying to also move, you know, Blaney forward. And so, I mean, I guess we'll find out, of course, early in the season, but there has to be a method in the madness. There's a reason why Roger Penske is a multi-billionaire and, yeah he listen there's no question about that i'm going to read off the crew chief changes real quick because i know a lot of people um might you know go into hibernation mode here in the off season so i kind of want to read them off for you in case you missed a few uh for crew chiefs and, and, and philip mentioned how many crew chief changes there are it's really remarkable so brad kislowski mentioned him earlier. He'll have Jeremy Bowens this year. Uh, Justin Alexander is going to be the crew chief of the three car. Um, that's a change there. Randall Burnett will be the crew chief of the eight, replacing Luke Lambert, who we'll hear about a little bit later. Mike Bogaravich, of course, is going to be the crew chief for Eric Amarola. Todd Gordon is going to be the crew chief for Ryan Blaney. Johnny Klausmeyer moves to Clint Boyer's team for, for 2020. Luke Lambert, who was at RCR for the last five or six years, will move to Roush Fenner Racing, become the crew chief 
with uh, Chris Buescher, the driver over there. So the new crew chief and driver uh, combination. Um, the new crew chief for Martin Truex Jr. is Cole Pern has left and stepped away from NASCAR. Uh, James Small will be the crew chief over there. Paul Wolf's going to be the crew chief for the 22. We mentioned him. Ryan Sparks, that was just announced this week as well. He will be the crew chief for the number 32 Ford for Go Fast Racing. Randy Cox, it was announced earlier in the offseason that he will not be back with that team. Uh, Mike Shiplett, he's going to be the crew chief over there for um, the 41 car. You can also add Seth Barber to that. Seth Barber was the crew chief for the 38 last year, then went to the 36 with Matt Tiff. Now he's back to the 38 with um, John Hunter Nemechek. So there's another change for you. Um, also, Jerry Baxter, that was announced also the same day that Penske announced their crew chief, that Jerry Baxter, the longtime truck series crew chief, is going to place Derek Stamets over at Richard Petty Motorsports in the 43 Chevrolet with Bubba Wallace. So uh, Brian Patty also makes a jump from Rash Fenway to JTG Daughtery Racing with uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in the 47. He'll be the crew chief there. And, of course, uh, Philip mentioned earlier, too, uh, the 95 over new crew chief, Dennis Jason Ratcliffe, the crew chief over there, who was Bell's crew chief last year in the Xfinity Series. So a lot of changes over there uh, with the wrench turning. But to get back to uh, Team Penske, uh, Spencer, what were your thoughts when you heard that, uh, the changes there? You know, some of these guys, I mean, Brad Kulowski and Paul Wolf were the longest tenure crew chief in the garage area. Joe, Joe Logano and Todd Gordon weren't far behind. That now belongs to uh, Rodney Childers and Kevin Harvick. But what were your thoughts? I mean, two guys who have been there with their drivers for a long, long time. Even Boland has been there quite a few years with Blaney if you push him back to their time in the Xfinity Series. So what were your thoughts when, when T. Penske did this little bit of a shakeup? Yeah, I was pretty shocked because it's, you know, we're about a month away from Daytona. And, you know, when you change crew chiefs, you know, they want to do what they want with their car. And, you know, they already have their, you know, their notes and stuff uh, going into the next year. But Penske is such a tight-knit team, and they share a lot of information between each other and each car. I mean, if you think about it, look at the super speedways. Them cars stick together, and it's hard to break them up. I mean, that team, you can truly call Penske a team. I mean, they work together hard, and they do whatever it can. They do whatever they can to get a Penske car in victory lane. Um, yeah, they all want to beat one another, but at the end of the day, as long as the Penske car, everybody's happy. Um, I mean, you look at Jimmy Johnson checking out. I mean, they're not together no more. So uh, all good things must come to an end. They don't last forever. Um, Paul Wolf and Brad, you know, they won a lot of races. Um, they're a champion. So, I mean, they did their part, and, and who knows? I mean, they could, you know, this change could, you know, uh, make them run better. Um, I think the only one who's going to get a – the only one that's a downgrade a little bit is Jeremy Bowens with Brad, um, just because Jeremy, uh, personally, I don't think he's as good as a crew chief as Paul Wolf and Todd Gordon. You know, Todd Gordon's fresh off a championship a few years ago back in 2018, and um, Paul knows how to do it too. So, um, Jeremy Bullen, like Philip said, he wants to prove he can be here and, you know, he's won a few races with Ryan and, um, you can't win them all in one day. You got to win them one by one. So, um, you know, it's a nice change. We'll see how it goes. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll find out after Daytona when, how, if they can really yeah, Paul uh, was mesh together and set up the car. Yeah. That's really when we're going to see it. Spencer is really the West coast trip and, and they're already building cars. For that West Coast trip, it's a little bit earlier this year. If you remember last year, we'd go to Daytona and Atlanta. This year, we're going to Daytona, and then we're going right out west for the West Coast trip before we come back to Atlanta. Uh, a little bit changing the schedule there, but Paul Wolf and 
Brad Keselowski together have 29 wins in the Cup Series over the last nine years. Uh, and before that, they had six wins in 2010 in the Xfinity Series with Team Penske. So uh, lots of wins, and, and really it, it's just kind of surprising to me when you look at what they've done. But like I said, you know, this if you want to compare it to other stick-and-ball sports, you know, it was almost like Keselowski was, was in, in that two-team, was like that team, you know, for anybody who remembers the Chargers back in the early 2000s, they were always so good in the regular season, then they get to the, to the postseason, and it just seemed like something funky happened. And, uh, you know, the Chargers eventually made a, ch- a coaching change with Marty Schottenheimer. After a 14-2 and season, they got rid of Marty Schottenheimer because they lost to the playoffs because they got tired of losing to the playoffs. Uh, I, I, at the time, I didn't agree with it. But anyway, um, you know, it's almost like that, I feel like, you know, where you sit there and you say, well, they've been good. You know, Kozlowski's got that championship in 2012, no question about it. It's hard to win a championship, but Brad's only been in Homestead once over the last uh, six seasons. So when you look at that standpoint, you go, ooh, you know, he's that guy who should probably be there. Um, It's just – right now it just seems like that two-team was just looking for that little oomph. But it is a question, Spencer, no question about it, if Jeremy Jeremy Boland is the guy. Now here's my question to you, Philip, too. Before we move on to the next topic, um, were you surprised that Greg Irwin wasn't involved in these changes? Now, when you look at uh, – we talk about the 21 car with the Wood Brothers. Uh, Greg Irwin's a crew chief over there, um, does, a, does a lot of good work. But, um, you know, he's a, he's a Penske employee, um, you know, ran their Xfinity Series program for a long time, went and worked with all three cup drivers um, over there. Are you surprised at all we didn't see maybe Greg Irwin – get moved around. Uh, he stays with 21 with Matt Benedetto, although they really haven't worked together yet. What are your thoughts on on, uh, on that? Not as much. I think that because they have Di Benedetto coming over there, they wanted to keep a stabilizing, you know, something stable. So they wanted to keep Irwin. Uh, Irwin has been a top flight crew chief in the sport with Biffle back in the day. They came close to uh, they ran for the championship uh, back in 07, I believe it was. Uh, he's been in the series. He's competed. They've competed for wins. He's been and he's been around with Roush and then also with Penske. And I think for the Wood Brothers, uh, their smaller deal, I think keeping Irwin there was probably the right move. Um, that would have probably been an idea. I think if you really wanted to get crazy, just flip it all around. Um, but you know, you you knew you were going to move Paul Wolf and you were going to move uh, Todd Gordon. I think just keeping it within the three, the big main three teams, uh, was fine. Uh, I don't know who's on the basically on the uh, horizon on the Penske side in terms of three teams, but there might have been somebody else in play, but really we don't know. So I think leaving it alone with the 21 team with Greg Irwin and to see what they can do with a driver that may be, you know, no offense to Paul Menard and the, and the, the Paul Menard empire, but somebody might be just a little bit better. Um, how much better, I don't really want to get it. I don't really know, but somewhat better uh, might be something. I think Greg Irwin, who has the experience, will be a good opportunity uh, there yeah. for a team that has an outside chance of making the, the playoffs. I think that's a very fair point, uh, Philip, as far as keeping things the same from Menard. 
uh, and kind of keeping that, it, it, you know, taking it over from a driver. There's a lot of things to to change, a lot of things to do. It's it's new, and if you put bring a new crew chief in there as well, it's like, you know, I think it could be a little bit overwhelming for some teams. So uh, keeping you know the crew chief there, uh, somebody who has been there and, and has been a leader of that team for the last two years, um, I think it's a smart move over there by uh, Team Penske to keep Greg Irwin in that spot that he was in a year ago. Okay, guys, also announced, and, and I want to get Spencer's opinion on this first, um, and then we'll go to Philip. NASCAR officials announced on Tuesday new changes for pit stops, both personnel and procedure in select Xfinity and Gander RV Truck Series events this season. Um, officials indicated the changes are designed to enhance pit strategy and to streamline the personnel performing pit stops at these specific races. Rules also place a limit on the types of services that teams can perform in each trip to pit road. Um, so bear with me. This is a lot, and, and it's a little confusing. Uh, the rules will be in place for four Xfinity Series races, mid-Ohio, both events at Iowa, and the, the August 8th stop at Road America. For the Truck Series, it will be an event. It will be uh, in place for three events, uh, Iowa, the race at Gateway, and the, at Canadian Motorsports Park. Um, all three of those races – and the truck series will have these new rules because they're no longer they're not companion events with the truck series. Um, and those seven events, teams will have not have designated pit crew members. So, for example, uh, each series will have a maximum of eight road crew members at each of these races who will also perform over the wall duties: four to service the car, jack and tires; one for fueler, and one for driver assistance. The road crew also signifies an increase of one for Xfinity and two for truck series teams. So, basically, what this is doing, as far as the pit crews are concerned, is you know, guys who work maybe, uh, you know, doing some kind of uh, interior stuff on the car, they're also going to change some tires uh, and also do do some pit crew stuff. That's sort of how it was back in the 90s, if you remember, and Philip, I'm sure, remembers, or even the 80s, um, where, you know, your guy also who tuned the engine might also jump over the wall and change tires. You know, we saw crew chiefs for a long, long time. Uh, Andy Petrie used to do it. Larry McReynolds used to do it. Change tires. They were the the lead tire changer and the crew chief at the same time. You know, uh, it was it was a standard operating procedure back then. Um, so it's not kind of foreign. Uh, Peterson, who's that who announced these rules, said the rationale for implementing these rules as standalone events was to provide efficiency for truck series teams instead of reliance on specialized pit crew members from Cup Series teams, two standalone events races in the Truck Series at Eldora, which has special rules. They, won't, they don't really pit at Eldora. And then the Truck Series race at Texas, where fuel mileage comes into play, it will not take effect. So the rules are, um, during a full cycle of a yellow flag pit stop, not, non-quickie yellows, not sure how they're going to do this in quickie yellows, pit stops at oval tracks, a team may ch- change two tires and add fuel. For a four-tire stop, a team must pit a second time during the caution period. At road courses for a full cycle caution period, a team may change four tires or add fuel. A team opting for four tires and fuel must make a second trip to pit road. And here's the kicker, guys, for me. Peterson indicated there are no immediate plans to expand the use of these pit stops and crew personnel rules and more races or beyond the Xfinity Series and Truck Series in 2021 and beyond. Uh, I have a little time, hard time buying that. But uh, Spencer... As a new newer fan, uh, and I only say newer because Philip and I are in our thirties and we're old. We're old men. You're yet yet in your twenties. Um, what were your thoughts on on this um, in the 
when you heard these these rule changes for these seven races in the truck series and Xfinity series, what were your thoughts? Did you kind of like it? Um, it's sort of going to add some strategy in there as well. Um, but what were your thoughts on on these picker changes here for these truck series and Xfinity series races? I mean, first, I mean, let's. I'm gonna go ahead and say this. No matter what type of rule they do, I'm still gonna be a fan. I'm still gonna watch the races. Um, I just think NASCAR is kind of getting out of its roots and getting a little too te- technical and complicated. Um, let's face it, half of the average fans that go to the racetrack are going to be lost with this. They're not going to know the rules, and they're going to be like, oh, what the heck, whatever. But at the end of the day, well, here's the other thing. The interior guy better grow a pair because it's his time to go over the wall because he's either going to be changing tires or doing fuel or whatever he's got to do. Um, I get they're, you know, they're trying to – Some I read a thing where it's trying to help the teams out a little bit. Um, but you're kind of making it equal for everybody and – in a way, in the race, I mean, you shouldn't have an option of what you're allowed to do on your car. If you want to put two tires, you should be able to put two tires without making two stops. You know, it's um, – I don't really see the point in it. I don't see what's wrong with the way NASCAR um, has it. I mean, if they want to pit on a green, let them pit on a green. If they want to come in, change four tires, and add a tank of gas, they should be able to do that. Um, I don't know. I just – I see – I kind of see it unnecessary. I don't really see the point in it. I guess NASCAR is trying to change. Um but at the end of the day, I don't call the shot. So, um, obviously, they think it's going to lead into the right direction. I don't think they need to add it to the Cup Series anytime soon. I need to. I think they need to wait and see how it goes in the uh, trucks and Xfinity. Um, honestly, I don't want to see it in the Cup Series. I like the traditional way of, you know, just mm-hmm. normal NASCAR. Um, so, I mean, I'm not too mad about it. So, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. And if it goes okay, cool. If it causes a bunch of chaos like the qualifying group qualifying did well then they'll change it because they didn't hesitate to change that after what happened at, sure. i forget what track it was where nobody went out and made a lap so if they don't if it, if it doesn't work nascar will change it you know they're not gonna they don't want to get laughed at like they did so um if it goes good they're gonna clap their self on the back and say yeah i did another good thing but we'll just have to see well let me make this clear and i and i i'm sure i'm gonna get a lot of people saying some things about this. I honestly 100% believe that they did not make this change because they thought it would help the racing. I think they made this change 100% for the teams to help the te- to subside some of the costs for the teams. And if that's the case, to me, seven races isn't going to do a whole lot. You know, it's four races for, an, for a truck series team and three for an Xfinity series team. It can't save them that much money. That's why I don't believe that last line that they don't have a vision for this past 2021 and beyond to expand on this. I think that's a bunch of baloney. I think they they have a vision for this to go on and maybe implement it in the truck series or Xfinity series uh, as standard moving forward. Um, and and we'll dive into that a little bit later because that's that's something I'm on what my vision of the Cup series is going to be maybe in 2021 and 2022, 2023. What my vision is going to be and what I'm afraid of with this rule. But I want to get Philip's opinion on it first. Uh, what were your thoughts, Philip? We kind of sort of the same background as far as the old school mentality there's a lot of changes we kind of have to suck up and say well you know i don't like that but i understand why they're changing it this again this to me is one that uh i'll say it again is strictly in place to help save the team owners money um but what were your thoughts on when you read this the you know and and you brought up a good point uh, through a text message a couple of days ago 
when I had heard that this might happen, uh, you said, hey, the truck series used to do this, sort of some, do something similar to this full-time when they first were implemented. Everybody remembers the halftime break that the truck series had uh, years and years ago, so it makes sense to do that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Are, are they still consistent after you read this? And what are your thoughts on, on the two-tire rule uh, and the four tires and how you have to pit an extra time if you want to take extra tires? What are your thoughts on all that? I mean, to me, it sounds a lot like, I mean, I don't, I wasn't watching, I was too young uh, when the the incident happened in 1990 and Atlanta and Bill Elliott and Iraq and Pit Road and a death happened. And then they came up with these convoluted pit rules in 91 or if you had an odd number and you had this color, you pit this time and then this number and whatever, like, to me, the way they explained it, because it's typical NASCAR, they can't make anything simple. They have to make it convoluted and ridiculous. It's, it seems to me like the 91, you know, alternate pit, pit rules. Uh, it's one way of looking at it. I also see, based on where the truck series looks like it's heading, in my, in my opinion, um, you could throw a trial balloon. You could throw every trial balloon on the truck series because it's become a disaster. Even though the championship was actually out, I mean, well, not real, not as much as the Xfinity series, but generally they have a more competitive championship. But you throw trial balloons in the truck series, you might as well go back to halftime. You know what I mean? Like instead of instead of worrying about, you know, if you want to have a break or you want to have stages in between the middle of the race, Go and do a stage in between that. That's fine. You have two stages and you have half numbers. And if you pit and do whatever, that's fine. It, it, it's like keep the stage because they insist on these stages when it's debate in its own right. Go and do that. It, it, to me, the it's not a it's it's the start of something, and they're it's a trial balloon that they're trying to figure out as to how effective it'll be. So over the the people who are the road warriors who actually have to work on the cars. The, the smaller funded teams, I'm friends with two guys that are, you know, Xfinity and sometimes Cup uh, pit crew members, but they also have full-time Xfinity um, team members. It's not affecting them. It's for the people who make their bones, you know, just strictly being pit guys, you know, like Austin Dillon's, you know, crew. They, they show up and they fly in and their whole entire job is being a pit crew, you know, and they, they're, they're close and they're all friends. Like, it's affecting those people more theoretically than it is a team. And it may save some money, but it's negligible because the NASCAR business model is not a very sound business model. Um, we'll see what happens. I, it's typical in terms of how they do things that I, I'm going to watch and that's the win. It, it, they don't. They can do whatever they want, and I've been watching since I was seven. I'm going to be turning 35 in a couple. So the reality is, they try to do as many things to screw this deal up. They've tried and almost gotten there, but they haven't yet. This pit thing, they could go and do. They could simplify everything, and they could have two stages and a half time break, and they they would be similar to what the original truck series was, and it would be fine. It would fit their current model that they have. And they wouldn't have to have live pit stops per se, but you know that it is what it is. They can't remove live pit stops from the Cup Series, or else there's really going to be a problem. Uh, they, I mean, the flying aces of the 
yesteryear with Baylor and Hart. That whole group worked on the cars and then hit in there great. You had Jeff Hammond. You had this guy, that guy, you know, that used to work on the cars and put the cars. But if you take live fifth stops away from Cup, you're really crossing the line because you do it everywhere else. All the other motorsports do is live fifth stops. So it'll be bad. But in Xfinity and Trucks, right. whatever. Well, it's funny you brought up 1990 because not a lot. I don't think a lot of people know exactly what happened. And if you ever kind of want to get a brief history of of the rule Philip was discussing in 1990, that, that watch the pre-race show to the 1990 Daytona 500. Uh, I believe it was 90, 1991 Daytona 500 because Rich died. Yeah, because Bill Elliott's Vickery member died in 90, so it was a 1991 Daytona 500. Watch the beginning of that. Um, and it gives some crazy details now, uh, just to kind of go off course a little bit. You know, if you had like a blue – if you pit a, if you qualified in the odd number position, you had a blue sticker, and you'd pit on uh, like the first lap of the caution and then the second one. And it was kind of crazy and convoluted, and, and how they kind of combated that now is what we see now with keeping cars off – so many cars off pit road is what, what their goal was at one time. Now they combat that by putting – the lap, the lead lap cars first on the first uh, lap, and then the lap down cars go the second lap. So that's kind of how they combated that. Uh, and then they had the pit road speed, which came in naturally because of technology. But um, it is a little, it's to me, it's just as confusing as that. Um, where fans, yeah. I'm sure, when they watched the race in '91, the first part of '91, I think it was kind of abandoned by the middle of '91 season. It didn't let, have a long life. Um, I think the fans who watched those races were kind of like, what in the world is going on, as Spencer said. Um, you know, and I understand that they want to save teams money, but Philip, you hit a nail on the head. It's the business model. The business model has been, has been broken, has been busted, has been destroyed for years and years and years, and I think that's my problem with this. And, and I'm not trying to sound like a negative Nancy, but I'm scared to death about what's going to happen in the Cup Series. When, when moves like this happen, when something like this, this monumental happens, I take a five-year view to it, and I go, boy, what does that mean? Because I watched the caution clock come to the truck series and said, and stopped my feet and said, this is ridiculous. And they said, oh, well, it's just a truck series. Don't worry about it. It's not going to come to the cup. And guess what I got the next year? Stages. And I'm still, the old school fan of me goes, ugh, about stages. Um, so I, I can just see this kind of, them dropping a bomb down and going, oh, let's see how these, how these people react. Uh, in with with these pit road procedures, and um, so I think that's part of the reason why I'm so sort of against this. And I kind of talked about it today on my Clayton in the Car segment, if you listen to it, um, where my fear in the Cup Series in in a couple of years now. There's remember with this 2021 car and and you know how this car is going to look like. It's going to have uh, a a body that is built from an outside resource that teams are going to buy from, so everybody's going to have the same chassis. I heard today from a source that they're all going to have composite bodies, which there's not much movement you could do as far as uh, composite bodies are concerned. Um, they're all pretty much running the same engine here and there, you know, and, and they're restricted, so it's really not that much difference. Um, so when you got all that, and then there, there's the rumor that came out a couple of years ago, which I think kind of came out a couple of weeks ago. Well, it was probably a couple of months ago now. Um, that was sort of du buried under the rug because I think NASCAR didn't want really people to know about this right now. Because uh, Lowski mentioned it, and that's a hybrid engine coming to the Cup Series by 
I wasn't sure if it was 2021. I think it might be 2022 was the rumor that I heard. The Cup Series coming with hybrid engines. Now, my fear with, with this pit road procedure is this. Uh, hybrid engines, there's no question you're going to get more fuel mileage with a hybrid engine. It's just a matter of how much. Now, maybe NASCAR will shrink the fuel cell and will keep the same um, amount of stages. That's possible. Same amount you know, of distance as far as pitting is concerned. Uh, and the fuel mileage won't change all that much. That's possible, but I don't see that happening. What I see happening is getting – let's say take the Daytona 500, for example. Um, it's about 35 to 40 laps of before you have to pit in the Daytona 500 for gas and tires. Uh, but each stage in the Daytona 500 is 50 laps. If you add a hybrid engine, you could get anywhere between, let's just say, for fun, 70 laps on a can of fuel, on a, on a tank of fuel, 70 laps, okay? And you sit there and you're going to go, okay, 70 laps. So we can go all of stage one and pull it in and, and yeah, we'll, we'll take gas, but we won't put a lot of it. We'll put, fill it up. But don't worry about it. We can go 70 more laps. So then you come down for stage two and you go, okay, you know, we're going to pit for stage two. We'll pit for tires because the race naturally stops. But then you're going to have team members and you're going to have these guys and you're going to say, okay, there's 100 laps to go in the Daytona 500. I have to stop one time for tires and gas, one time. And you're going to have these team owners with the RTA who are going to sit there and they're going to say, why am I paying a pit crew? for one green flag pit stop a race. That's asinine. Why would I do that? So they're going to lobby the NASCAR. I have a feeling this is going to happen. Hey, let's add another stage into this race. Let's add another stage into the Daytona 500 and make four 50-lap stages. We'll stop three times, and, we'll ha- and we won't make green flag pit stops. Now, to me, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, green flag pit stops are really exciting because there's a lot of stuff that can – especially on a play track. There's a lot of stuff that can happen. You can – you know, people can miss a lug nut. You can overshoot your pit stall. You can come down to speed on pit road and cost you a race. There's a lot of different things that can happen on a green flag pit stop that adds to the uh, interest of a race and the excitement of a race. And to me, if that is gone, and NASCAR said, and they say, listen, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put a third stage in there because it doesn't make sense that, that sure, and we'll we'll take away exactly what they're doing here with these with with these uh, rosters and say, you know what. We're, we're going to take the specialized pit crew out of it. We're going to let everybody change tires, and you know maybe some some kind of crazy way they'll try and add strategy to it, which I hate the strategy to it. I think it's really ridiculous, but they're scared to death of not having any strategy in these races because of that. Um, and I just see with the hybrid engines, with the composite bodies, with the standardized chassis, with the pretty much the same engine. We're taking the team aspect of NASCAR racing away from these guys, and that to me is not a good thing. I think a lot of people watch NASCAR because it is a team sport, quote-unquote. You know, people like teams. People love the Wood Brothers. I know Spencer loves the Wood Brothers. I love the Wood Brothers. Uh, uh, Philip loves Team Penske. Uh, You know, people like Hendrick Motorsports. My wife loves Hendrick Motorsports. You know, and it's like, well, there's sort of an individuality there. Are we going to make these teams, and I think this is ultimately the goal of the RTA, where every team is sort of the same, and it's just the name of the team. Almost like you see in the NFL with the New York Giants. 
The New York Giants sure they have team owners, but they're they're as far as com- competition is concerned, they have just as good a chance of winning as um, you know the Dallas Cowboys because of a salary cap, or because of of the Indianapolis Colts because of a salary cap. And I think that's the RTA's ultimate goal. But to me, why fans watch this sport is because of the team factor behind it, the crew chief and driver combination, and I think that it could be a reason, Philip, why we're seeing so many crew chief changes in this sport is because they're going to take the team aspect out of it with this 2021 car. That's my hypothesis. That's my fear with this pit crew procedure. And listen, pit stop procedure. And listen, I could totally be wrong. Totally be wrong. And I hope to God that, that I am wrong. Because the last thing I want to see is four stages in the Daytona 500 and no green flag pit stops. I think it totally totally takes away from the race, but I would not be shocked if that is the case. So that's my take on that, guys. Uh, and we'll see if it happens. I, I Listen, I doubt. Who knows? Uh, I'm not a, you know, I don't look at a crystal ball. Uh, I can try and predict stuff, but that is my fear, my fear with this. And, again, it's, it's one of those things where I think they almost dropped the bomb and said, let's see how people react to this this year, and then if we want to expand on it, We'll discuss that because I think these team owners are starting to get the, this fear that oh we don't we don't want to pay all this money uh, with these with these pit crews and this is the beginning of that so keep that in mind here um, as the seasons roll along here in 2020 uh, with this pit stop procedure okay guys here's something I want to fun I want to give and, and sort sort of spontaneous I told Philip a little earlier so um, I'll, I'll start with him and I'll let Spencer think about it while Philip is going uh, Philip I want to get your um, you know, we're like I said, we're almost a month away here, probably a little bit less than cars going, getting up and going, ready for Daytona. A bold prediction for the 2020 season. It could be anything. It could be about the racing. It could be about a driver you have a hunch on. It could be about anything. Give me one good bold prediction and why you think that's the case here in 2020. I have one. Uh, I'm going to go with last because mine's a little bit convoluted, uh, but it's an interesting one. So what, what, are your, what is your bold prediction for 2020, Philip? Well, I had a couple ideas. The one, I mean, bold prediction I I thought of was like, who's going to win? Who can win a race? Like, who's like somebody that's completely off the wall that can go and win a race? I think there's plenty of people that the Chris Bell, Tyler Reddick, and Nicole Custers, based on how they performed last year, have a better than average shot given the right circumstances to win. after Reddit and everybody got behind Matthew Benedetto, and now that he's in possibly a better car, people would say he has a chance uh, to possibly win his first career cup race this year. Um, there aren't many people that are going to go out and go this far. Um, that could probably be personal bias. Um, I kind of have a different feeling on that based on some of the results that came through. Uh, last year and also with some of the adjustments that are being made in 2020, um, I believe the Bubba Wallace and the 43 car will win a race uh, in the 2020 season, where that'll be out in the West. Um, it would like wow. to be the Daytona 500, but I'm but the fact is, I think that that's, that's going out there. And I would also... Uh, venture to say in terms of the truck series uh, season that you know not it's not a I I don't even think it's that extreme but uh, I figure GMS uh, 
somebody that isn't uh, Brett Moffitt, one of his teammates, his new teammates, uh, will be a champion, championship contender, if not the champion. And so that's talking about Tyler Ankrum, who made the playoff last year um, with DGR Crosley, Endor, and Charm because they came, and then they made a have to go and get the list. I think Tyler Ankrum will be the champion in the Truck Series. Zane uh, Smith is there as well. And Zane Smith uh, is a full-time guy. I think both one or both one of those guys is going to be the guy. I figure Selden Creed. I mean, he's got a ton of talent. I followed him going back to his days in the Stadium Super Trucks because he's Robbie Gordon's protege. Uh, I really do believe that GMS is going to have a really good season. I think one of those three guys, but specifically Tyler Ingram, will win uh, the Truck Series Championship. That's just you know, that's just like a spitballing, but that isn't as big as no. my other thing. And then in terms of Xfinity, I have no clue, but the reality is Joe Gibbs has three rookies, basically. Um, RCR doesn't have a team, and Stuart Haas Racing is going down to one car. So there's mm-hmm. some opportunity for uh, somebody else to come in and try to make a name for themselves in Austin Syndrome. Or somebody like that, but it's too early, really, even with a month to go to tell what it's going to look like. Yeah, and it is for the trucks and Xfinity. But again, you can, if your bold prediction is something Xfinity that's already announced, totally fine. And I agree with a lot of that stuff. Um, truck series can be very interesting to watch. There's not a lot announced yet. Uh, there's still some stuff out there announced yet, and I'm, you know, you got to remember the trucks start a week later than the Cup series because Cup we run, we do qualifying a week early, and, and same thing with. Um, also the uh, clash that we're going to run. So they have a little bit more time to get their, their ducks in a row. But look at the trucks here. It's going to be amazing to see the competition for the playoffs this year. It should be amazing. Uh, how about you, uh, Spencer? Um, you know, a lot of changes in the Cup Series. We talked about the crew chiefs. There's a ton of them this year. Even if you want to throw Cliff Daniels in there as well with Jimmy Johnson. You know, at the end of last year, with about 12 races to go in the year, um, what are your thoughts on a bold prediction or two, if you have a couple of them, if you can't decide, on the 2020 season? Well, first I'll start with, you know, the biggest race of the year. I think we're going to have a first-time winner. Uh, or not a first-time winner, a guy win the Daytona 500 who hasn't won the Daytona 500. So um, I don't see a repeat winner in that race. Um, mind you, there's good guys out there that are good at those tracks that don't have a win. Thank you, Brad. So, um so we're going to have a first-time Daytona 500 winner. I don't see Truex dominating this year just because you took away his partner in crime and his best friend. And when they had they, those two guys, they they had a, a crew chief and driver bond, you know, probably one of the best that we've seen, or at least I've seen besides Canals and Jimmy. Um, them two just clicked. And you, it was hard to beat them guys on a week-to-week basis. And, you know, he's gone. So now he has a new guy to learn. Um, I don't see him winning more than, you know, shock three races. You have to get a feel with for somebody and uh, you know, you know, when you take away your best buddy, you know, that can hurt. So um and for the Xfinity series, you know, as Phillips said, you know, three rookies at Gibbs, you know, the big three, the dominant guys are gone, they're on their way to cup. Um so you gotta look at the college racing. I mean, look at Ross, you know, I'm sure that team will be good. You know, he won at Daytona. Um, in that car, and they were fast. 
Um, even at the restricted plates, AJ was fast in those cars. So colleagues getting better, and you know uh, Ross could be a champion in the Xfinity Series. There's no doubt the team's getting better. Um, and in the Truck Series, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, you know, there's really not a lot of big news. Um, with DGR switching to Ford, you never know how that's going to go. So um, those are my those are my bold predictions. I don't really have anything for the Truck Series. So no problem. I, and I kind of threw that on you last minute. I know, but uh, okay. And here, the part of the reason went here is because my bold prediction is very, very bold, and it is something that we can maybe discuss here as it goes on, but and this is pure speculation, guys, and you know I have, I have some sources that are close to some things, but this is pure speculation on my part. I think this is going to be Brad Keselowski's final year at Team Penske, and I know that you might be blown away by that and be crazy, wow. but let me tell you something. Yes, let me tell you something. There is a ride open that uh, has a – now, here, here's part of my thinking with this, okay? Brad Keselowski, when he re-signed to Team Penske, when he re-upped, it took a little bit of a while, and, and Philip, I'm sure, remembers this. It took you know longer than people expected. It's like, well, they love each other, kind of like they're, they're running great with each other. Uh, he's got Paul Wolf who's a great crew chief. What, what's taking so long? And really, I think a lot of people thought the holdup was money and that was sort of the time where we have a right-sizing, as you want to call it, in NASCAR with the drivers not getting paid as much money. And Dale Jr. sort of shed light on that, and that's part of the reason why Harvick made the comments that he did about Dale Jr. because he was so annoyed about the comments that Dale Jr. made about these young kids coming in and really taking rides at a lot less money than the big guys do. So to me, uh, these teams are paying their drivers as much money. Now, what, something interesting – also, that happened around that time with Brad Kozlowski. They had a lot more sponsors to that two-car. Discount Tire joined from the Xfinity Series, and this year he's going to have a ton of sponsors on that car. Um, you know, Alliance Truck Parts is going to be part of it. Snap-on, Auto Trader, Dent Wizard's going to be back as well. There's a lot of sponsors um, on that two-car this year, and I heard Brad had to take a. And it's also speculation on my part again. I heard um, Brad had to take a pay cut to drive the two-car, you know, these next these last three years. Well, my thought process with this is there's a team out there losing a driver who has a sponsor that is committed, committed for the next two years after this one. And I could totally see Rick Hendricks saying to Brad Keselowski, listen, we, we have a history. We won a lot of races. You know, you won a lot of races with Dale Jr. in the past. Chevrolet loves you. Come drive the Allied Financial Chevrolet next year for me. Uh, was a big name driver, a former champion, you know, and maybe that is why we saw a change here with Paul Wolf. You know, it just it. I find this hard to believe this change was made um, without Brad Keselowski saying, "Yeah, go ahead and do it." There's no doubt Roger Penske consulted Brad Keselowski with doing this now, and maybe I'm underrating Bowens, and they could go out and have a great year. And all, and you'll laugh at my bold prediction and say, Clayton, you know what you're talking about? Get out of here. Uh, and I totally could see that. But I just have this feeling, for whatever reason, that Brad Kozlowski could be a player in the 48. I just do. And, um, you know, I, I think he almost naturally looked like he was going to go there in a lot of people's mind, but then he had Mark Martin. It just could yeah. never work. And this might be something where you sit there and say, hey, um, Let's let's kind of we always kind of wanted each other we always kind of wanted to be married to each other but we could never get it done maybe they finally get it done 
something to keep an eye on uh, as the season rolls along here. Because there's a lot of teams, you know, a lot of things. People already have um, Kyle Larson pretty much penciled into that ride in a 48. But I just think that's going to be a little bit harder to get. I'm not sure Rick's in love with Kyle's desire to run dirt races um, as frequently as he wants to. Yeah, he's out. So that could be a bugaboo in in that contract as well. So uh, what, you know, that is my bold prediction for the Cup Series, guys. Watch Kozlowski. I think, you know, again, they could have a contract tomorrow and and you guys laugh at me. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I just have this weird feeling something might be going on there, something might be brewing there on that two team. Miller Light, by the way, is doesn't look like they're going back. They haven't really announced anything yet, but um, it doesn't look like the Miller Lights can be back on that two car. So, uh, not I don't know if that's a big deal or not to anybody. But um, her tag yeah, jumped just something up and joined the Cup side. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my bold prediction for the Cup Series for Xfinity. Listen, um, I have a buddy I talk to a lot about the um, about the Xfinity Series. And when you look at this Xfinity Series, there's no question. I think the guys who are running for championships, it's sort of we're sort of in a transitional year. Uh, you got a lot of young rookies over there at Gibbs. Um, you know, Brandon Jones is there, but he hasn't really proven that he can win that con- on a consistent basis. Gregson, it, will Gregson make the next step and be a championship contender? That's going to be interesting to see. All guy will have a strong year if, if Junior Motorsports comes back. Um, you know, and, and Hemrick's going to run, but he's going to run 21 races there. Uh, so he's not going to run full schedule. So I think Ross Chastain's going to have a huge, huge year in this series. I really do. I think he's you're good. People, everybody who's like, oh, I don't know, call like they haven't really won races yet. I understand that, and that's a fair point. But I just think Ross can take a team and make them that much better, and I think he's going to have a gigantic year. I also think the other driver to watch for the championship this year that might not be on a lot of people's radar is Chase Briscoe, uh, because if I if my scenario does play out, guys, with Kozlowski potentially leaving that two car. They're going to have to figure out somebody to, to drive that two-car. Ford driver and Chase Briscoe. Now, I know he's with Stuart Haas, um, and they have maybe a potential – you know, Boyer's only got a one-year contract there as well at Stuart Haas, so maybe there's a seat opening there. But I could totally see somebody moving in there uh, and, and um, Briscoe being a player for that car if that shall happen. Also, my truck series prediction, Ty Majeski will win at least one race in the truck series for Nice Motorsports in the 45 next season. Those are my predictions for um, the big big three series here in NASCAR. My bold predictions for 2020. I know we got Sp- Philip and Spencer's here. Um, you know, it's another year here with uh, the rules package that we see that we saw here um, in 2019. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see. But how about this new schedule, Philip? What are you most looking forward to with this new schedule in 2020? I mean. Um, I know Pocono is close to us. We have that doubleheader race coming up uh, as well. But kind of quickly, and I'll get Spencer's opinion on this too, uh, with this new schedule, and it, it wasn't a huge shakeup, but it was a little bit of a shakeup, what are you most looking forward to with the new schedule here uh, in 2020 in the Cup side of things? I think the immediate thing for the Cup Series is the Martinsville uh, race in May, the night race. I think that is something I'm looking forward to for sure. I think that'll be cool because um, they run the late model 300 lapper later in the year and at night and based on when they're going to be running the second race, which is the next last race of the season, it's going to be dark halfway through the race. 
but the night race at Martinsville, I think, is one. Uh, two secondary ones, of course, are um, Darlington being the um, playoff opener this this year, and that playing a bigger role, even though it's already has so much going for it, the Southern 500. And then Bristol being a part of the playoff, uh, I think, is also going to be interesting to see compared to where they've been in the August. The night race of Bristol being August now can be about football in the playoffs, so that'll be something. Those are the three that uh, stand out to me, at least with the company. How about you, Phil, uh, Spencer? I know that they're uh, speaking of, as I talked about the doubleheader at Pocono, close to me and, and Philip, uh, but you know, there's also a change close to you in Daytona, which moving the, with moving the July race um, from you know the July race from July 4th weekend to the race before the playoffs. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And how about the schedule? These little changes that NASCAR made. You looking forward to them? Which one are you looking forward to the most? Well, I'm I'm 50-50 on this. I'm mad that they moved it back, and that's the Daytona race. But I'm excited for one reason, and that's because you can have a small team, for instance, team that you're very fond of, your driver drove there, a front-row motorsports. You imagine one of those cars going to win the Daytona. Speaking of Michael McDowell, he's ran good there, you know, past several years in the Daytona 500 and the July race. Um, making the playoffs and bumping a top-tier guy out um, that's right on the verge. Um, that'd be huge. Um, that'd be a lot of talk. It'd be good for the sport. Um, mind you, they won't make it far into the playoffs. They'd probably get eliminated in the first round. But the fact of the matter is they made it. Um, I mean, look how big it was when Chris Bu- Chris Buescher made the playoffs. It was cool, you know, for the small team. And um, so I'm excited to see if a small guy or a small team can go in and bump a big guy out of the playoffs and lock themselves in. And, um, you know, I'm kind of cool to see – I'm kind of – excited to see the doubleheader at Pocono. Um, I've never seen that before. Uh, it's going to be a lot of racing. That's for sure. Saturday and Sunday or however it is. Um, it, uh, it's a lot of racing. Um, it's different and uh, it's changed and it's fun. You know, you guys are going to see a lot of racing and you know, fans at home are going to see a lot of racing on TV and it's a full action packed uh, weekend of racing. And, you know, if you're a NASCAR fan, that's what you like. So um, nothing really particular the night uh, Martinsville night race is cool. Um, that's actually really cool, honestly, to see uh, the sparks fly on a short track, uh, a little beating and banging um, at night. So that's uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, NASCAR announced they're going to make changes to the short track package from uh, 2019 to 2020. So that's going to be interesting to see what they do. They haven't really announced what changes are going to be made, but they've kind of come out and said, hey, we're going to make changes to this package, the short track package, which is a good thing. I think part of the problem with the short tracks was you know, you couldn't really lean on anybody without blowing a tire. Hopefully, um, they they kind of, you know, change that. I'm not sure how that much they can do right now with this new with this car, but with the 2021 car, they they're probably going to change that. Uh, I'm sure, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this short track. I am I love Martinsville, so I, I'm dying to see how that race plays out at night. Um, and no doubt, the intensity is going to be brought up at Daytona for the regular season finale. Um, you know, I still love that race on July 4th weekend. It's still going to break my heart when, you know, we're getting ready to settle fireworks and we're going to watch Indianapolis. It's going to be awful. Awful. I can't even – oh, God, it's going to be awful. Um, and, you know, and instead of Daytona, which was such an exciting, exciting weekend, and, and no disrespect to Roger Penske, who just bought Indianapolis Motor Speedway officially, they announced it. 
Um, I just that race to me with stock car racing. I, you, the only way you make that good that that track good for stock car racing, you take a bulldozer to it uh, and take the front straightaway and loop it around and, and make a short track out of it, or bring them to uh, IRP and they'll have a good they'll have a good race there um, down the road a little bit. So um, not looking forward to that change for the schedule, but uh, I am excited for the Pocono doubleheader for sure because it is close to our hometown. Uh, here in New Jersey, it is close to New Jersey, and I'm just excited to see how it plays out. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that we've seen happen in, in the Indy cars, we've seen it happen uh, in other forms of racing, but we've never really seen it happen in NASCAR. So uh, how that's all going to play out, how these teams are going to, you know, uh, maneuver all the the whole weekend. Uh, I'm excited to see how it all plays out. But I want to thank everybody for listening to the first show of 2020 here in Talking Circles. I want to thank Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan for joining me tonight. As always, great job, and we'll see you next time here on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody.